Hello, my friend. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 26th day of January. I'm your host, Paul White. Thanks for joining me today. I want to encourage you to encourage someone today because you do make a difference when you encourage someone. You could be a light right when they need it. They're in a dark spot. They're in a dark place. You don't know. You might, you might know at times as you listen to the Holy Spirit, He directs you for what to say, but there's so many moments where you do not know what someone's going through. Your word of encouragement could be the word that gets them through that darkness, that picks them up. People love to be loved. Love someone today. It doesn't cost you much. In fact, it doesn't really cost you anything to take a moment, other than the moment, to take a moment and share that with someone who might really need it. And I want to encourage you, listen to the Spirit. He could give you someone specifically that needs it and a specific word. People ask me, what's it mean to follow the Spirit? How do we do that? Practice. One of those practices could be, Lord, put someone in my heart today and a word to say into their lives that will be encouraging to them, and then listen. Why am I bringing that up today? We're supposed to be in James chapter 2. We are going to be in James chapter 2. I bring that up today for two reasons. One, it was on my mind before I started recording, so I thought I would share it with you because that means possibly that the Father is speaking something in me to share with you. But secondly, because I think it's exactly what James is talking about. We have more than faith. We have faith that meets works. Remember, on the surface, we have two completely contradictory statements, one by Paul and one by James. We read Paul's from Romans 4 yesterday. We're going to work on it tomorrow. We read James's from James 2 yesterday. We're going to work on it today. Let me reread it. Was Abraham, verse 21, was Abraham our father justified by works? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect or faith was made complete and the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. The great argument has been around for a long time that Paul and James are not on the same page James being very young in the message of grace, if even having a real grace revelation at all, really leans more towards, don't tell me about faith where there is no works. If you don't put works with your faith, you can't even claim to be justified. Paul goes as far the other way as possible. And I do want to acknowledge that it's not only possible, but highly probable that these two men do have a different understanding of how to teach and comprehend the righteousness of God. I'm not, I don't want to get rid of that. That is true. But I also have another theory. I think that one of the reasons we are so quick to lean towards a diametrically opposed viewpoint between these two great apostles is because we're taking James without his introductory context I started reading for you in verse 21, but I want to sneak back to verse 14. That's not even that far, by the way. It's not as if we're running to the very front of the book. Not that that would matter. But I could see where you could say if it was at the beginning of the book, I'm trying to create a context. This isn't a created context at all. It's the context James starts his argument with. 
What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he doesn't have works? Can faith save him? There's his question. Could faith save him without works? Now, Paul's argument, of course, would be, of course faith can save him without works. And we might have a real conflict if James stopped talking, but he doesn't. Listen to the example that he uses to try and prove his point. And by reading his example, it shows me and you exactly what his point is. 15. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it doesn't have works, is dead. James uses this illustration. If you say to a homeless, hungry man, be blessed, be warm, be filled, and then you walk away and you don't give him food or shelter, your blessings meant nothing. And James says that's faith without works. Here's what I think James is doing. He is showing his reader, and thus all of us who will read and hear, that you can talk faith all day long, but there's a works that comes along with your faith that actually makes a difference in the world around you, which is why he follows it up with, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. It tells me that what James is trying to do is show that when it comes to proving your faith to the world outside of you, Just saying you have faith is not enough. To truly prove to your neighbor that you have faith, James says, you try to show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. You can make a theological argument that you have faith, but if your works don't back it up, he uses this phrase twice. What profit would your faith be? I think James's message would be so is so relevant for the church today but would be so hard for us to swallow. James in effect would be saying, "Listen, you people are talking about identity and you're talking about righteousness and you're talking about being justified, you're talking about being forgiven, but you're not taking care of the poor and the stranger and the widow." And he says, that, would, that to me means that you have a head knowledge of faith, but not enough actual change to let your faith change you and thus the world. So to me, when we read Paul, which we get into tomorrow, Paul's making the argument that you are right and righteous in the eyes of God by faith and that no work can make you righteous. James is not arguing of your righteousness in front of God, to me, he's arguing your righteousness in front of men. And he is saying, if you want a faith that's relevant to your neighbor, then show me your faith without your works. I'll show you a faith by my works. And so when you look then at the Abraham story of offering Isaac, James says that when Abraham offers Isaac, He's putting his money where his mouth is. He told God that he believed in him. And when he offers, is willing to offer Isaac, he shows God that he believes in him. Now, does, 
do we really know what James thought? That maybe James really did think that if Isaac, Abraham hadn't walked Isaac up that mountain, that, that God wouldn't have declared him righteous? I don't know. Maybe James did. And if that's the case, I think there's a true theological conflict there between the righteousness espoused by James and that which is espoused by Paul. But I think there's enough contextual evidence to at least allow the Bible student to walk away with something valuable in James 2. And that is, there's a world outside of me that doesn't need my theology, but they do need my works. God doesn't need them, but the world does. So, let's get to work. We'll go to Paul's version tomorrow. See you then. God bless.